For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yo, it's Keith Smith, Atlanta Falcons fullback, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. This is Jamon Bushrod, Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Jimmy Ward. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scanling. It's the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hello, this is Senator Nick Martin for the Houston Texans, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Willie Gay Jr., Chiefs linebacker, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Keith Kirkwood, wide receiver, number 19 for the Carolina Panthers, and you're uh, listening to the podcast of Pro Football Chase. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Wormley here, Steelers defensive lineman, uh, and you guys are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Browns linebacker, Jacob Phillips, and we're live on the Chase Podcast. All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Channel 7, number 39 for the Green Bay Packers, and you're tuning in to Pro Football Chase. Let's go. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you and the co-host of the show, NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy, second-round pick. Played his college ball at Michigan State, and we're getting ready for Week 10 of the NFL season. Jarrell, there's a lot to get into, but first, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing phenomenal, bro. Uh, It's rainy a little bit here in Atlanta, but... Um, it's another phenomenal day. Um, I'm blessed. I'm awake. So I'm excited for this football, bro. All right, let's get right to it, man. And since this is recorded a day earlier, I usually record on Wednesday mornings, but due to some travel conflicts, we're recording today on a Tuesday afternoon. So I will not have any fan questions on today's podcast. So to replace that segment, I want to recap week nine and what we saw, Jarrell. There were plenty of worthy performances as the Miami Dolphins knocked off the Cardinals. In fact, to me, I feel like that was the most impressive win in Week 9, and I'll let you share who you think 
had the most impressive victory, but the Miami Dolphins, we've talked a lot about them, Jarrell. I mean, now they're 5-3. They made that switch to Tua Tungavailoa during their bye week, benching the hot Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was playing very well. But when you go on the road in Arizona, taking on a very tough Cardinals squad led by Kyler Murray, who's putting up some insane numbers in that high-flying offense, Brian Flores clearly continuing to head this team in the right direction. And you look at Tua. He completed 20 of 28 passes, 248 yards, threw for two touchdowns, and leading Miami to that big come-from-behind victory. They scored 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to pull off the upset, and then it was that game-tying 11-yard touchdown pass to Matt Collins with 11-19 left that sparked that victory, Jarrell. And this Dolphins team is also very efficient on the defensive side of the ball as well so when I look at what they've been able to accomplish Tua is starting to look a lot more like himself what we saw on Saturdays when he was at Alabama so this Dolphins team they're staying in contention in that AFC East right behind the Buffalo Bills well I personally uh, think that you know the Dolphins have been playing well before Toa even started to take over as far as the quarterback situation is concerned their defense has been lights out all year. Uh, they've been causing turnovers left and right. They've been having opportunity to cash in on those turnovers. Um, you know, obviously, Toa uh, coming in and, and having an opportunity to win late uh, was what the story in the end is going to be about. Uh, but realistically, this Dolphins defense, uh, you know, with Shaq Lawson and these guys, they, they've been they've been running all over the place and causing turnovers left and right. Um, it's really a, con- a, a contribute to, to their overall play. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick was upset uh, before about, you know, having to be benched. I think they still will be having the same success. Uh, but realistically, for me, it's the, it's the Dolphins defense that's been keeping these guys in contention in the AFC East. Uh, but if I had to switch to a team that, you know, has been, you know, very impressive, actually a five game winning streak is the New Orleans Saints. Um, I know we want to talk about Tom Brady and how he and, and how underwhelming he performed. Um, but these guys look efficient on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they were efficient. Uh, defensively, they were efficient. They had an opportunity to get uh, to get three interceptions off of the greatest quarterback of all time, the most winningest quarterback of all time in, 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 this, in that regard. And so at the end of the day, I just think that the New Orleans Saints and what they've been able to accomplish without Michael Thomas, with guys shuffling in and, in and out the lineup, especially off, off on the offensive line, um, to, to go in – uh, to go into Tampa Bay, um, a, a, a guy, a team that you beat week one that everybody uh, said that they didn't have their their stuff together. Uh, Gronk looked slow. Um, they didn't have AB. They didn't have a Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, and they dominated these guys after Tom Brady scores the opening drive. Then you go on the road after these guys have had an opportunity to grease that grease up the the machine. They're well they're well oiled. They have what they want to do in order. And you go in there and just completely dominate them in every aspect of the game. I personally think the New Orleans Saints, uh, they were the most impressive victory for me in week nine. Um, and, and to be honest with you, to dominate a team like Tampa Bay um, and you beat them twice in a year, uh, Tampa Bay can only hope for a, a wild card in, in, in best case when we're talking about this division uh, because if New Orleans Saints go ahead and went out, uh, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are already behind the eight ball. That was no doubt a top performance from the New Orleans Saints who moved to 6-2. I mean, 
I think that caught everybody off guard, Jarrell. We were all anticipating a very tightly contested ball game between these two NFC South bitter division rivals, but it was the complete opposite of that. 38-3, a thrashing at Raymond James Stadium, and there were a lot of storylines to unpack after that one. Marshawn Lattimore once again held Mike Evans to zero receptions and limiting the Buccaneers' top offensive weapon. Brady also, who's thrown seven interceptions this season, five of them have gone to the Saints. And when you talk about week one and then Sunday night, so the Saints, while they've had their struggles in the secondary with Malcolm Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, those guys came out to play and they shut down a highly effective Tampa offense while, you know, they did struggle against the Giants the week prior. And so maybe they just aren't as good as we all think they are. Maybe they're still trying to sort things out. We know it was Antonio Brown's first game there as a Buccaneers. So they're probably still trying to sort things out. But I don't think there's room for any excuses because the Saints flat out dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in two games against New Orleans. Jarrell Brady has thrown for just 448 yards, two touchdowns, and five interceptions. The Saints defense also sacked Brady three times in each game this year. So New Orleans, they're hitting their stride at the right time, and they're reminding the entire NFL community that they are indeed still the team to beat in the NFC South. Yeah, these guys had a chip on their shoulder. I know they've been reading all the press clippings uh, this past offseason with Tom Brady and Gronk and all the other guys that they've had assembled down there in, in, in Tampa, Florida. And I'm just really uh, – I think it really wasn't necessarily a, a fact of, of how, um, you know, terrible the Buccaneers was, but realistically of how how great the New Orleans Saints are. You know, these are guys that have been dealing with injuries – They've had uh, phenomenal uh, – they're, they're pro bowlers in and out the lineup. You've had Davenport miss games. Lattimore misses games. Michael Thomas just returns. Uh, yeah, Cam Jordan out the lineup at some point. I mean, we're, got, we're talking about these guys. These are, these are perennial pro bowlers. And so you add a Quan Alexander. He wasn't out there this past, uh, this past week. And so uh, they put Michael Jenkins down in that role in order to cover the, the, the speedy backs out the backfield. And they had a formula that was just so dominant that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers couldn't adjust. Um, they couldn't they couldn't stay ahead of the sticks to run the football like how they want to. Um, Tom Brady relies heavily on the run in order to make his play action pass and his deep threat a success. And so when those guys were stopping the run up front, uh, it, it was very impressive uh, to see what they were able to do in, in the third down situations. Um, having Michael Jenkins Michael Jenkins down in the box and uh, being able to blitz Demario Davis off the edge. And a big shout-out to Trey Hendrickson, the defensive end out of Florida Atlantic. I had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He is now third in the NFL in sacks, seven and a half on the year. He compiled two of them against the Buccaneers on Sunday night. So the New Orleans Saints, they continue to ride that hot streak. And now they're fully loaded with players that were banged up. Michael Thomas, of course, made his return. So New Orleans, if they can continue trending in the right direction, Jarrell, they will certainly be in the mix to make a deep playoff run come January and into February. So 
That was a statement game for Sean Payton's squad and an embarrassing one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but there's still a lot of games left to be played here. And so on that note, I kind of want to pivot, Jarrell, to the next topic of today's show is the hot seat. We all know that there's NFL coaches that are fired every single year it's the life of the nfl the business side of things and there's always a couple of teams that are looking to bring in a new guy from the outside to perhaps provide a spark and a jolt for a struggling or mediocre football team and we obviously know that when it comes to head coaching changes the first guy that comes to our mind is adam gase because the jets have now fallen to 0 and 9 and i think A lot of people know the writing is on the wall for that guy in New York. But outside of Gase, let's dig a little bit deeper, Jarrell. Who's a head coach out there right now that you feel is on the hot seat as we prepare for week 10 of the NFL? Ooh, well, you got to talk about Anthony Lynn and the Chargers um, and how devastating their losses have been. Um, You know, Anthony Lynn is a great friend of mine. He's a great mentor. He's a great coach. Um, in my in my personal opinion, uh, but I think you know as far as the organizational standpoint, uh, you know they've been underperforming uh, since competing in the the AFC divisional uh, round a few years ago, and um, and I just think at the end of the day they know that they have a star, they have a star in um, in Justin in, in Justin um, Hibbert, and so at, I just think at the end of the day they're going to have to rely on him, and they're going to probably see what they can get in this upcoming draft. But Anthony Lynn is definitely on the hot seat just because of the simple fact of these guys have uh, continued to lose uh, these close amount of games. Yeah, that is one name that I've heard quite a bit. The Chargers are two and six now after another tight loss to a divisional opponent, the Las Vegas Raiders. And every time I think of the Los Angeles Chargers, I always think about the uber talented roster that they have over there obviously we know they lost Derwin James in training camp and that was unfortunate but they have a star-studded lineup Jarrell Chris Harris is on IR I understand that but when you have a defensive front Melvin Ingram Joey Bosa you know two of the top premier edge rushers in the league who Ingram did miss some time I understand that But offensively, Justin Herbert, when you see his numbers and the type of performances he's putting out there with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the outside, Austin Eckler, obviously another guy that has been on IR. So the Chargers don't necessarily have good fortune when it comes to injuries, but there is enough talent on that team, Jarrell, both sides of the football to have more than just two wins at this point in the season. And the way they've blown leads has been just as troubling because that also reflects Anthony Lynn as a coach. The fact that he gets complacent with his play calling and he plays not to lose instead of keeping that pedal to the metal and continuing to put pressure on opposing teams. And so that has been the cry of their fans is we want somebody that can come in and be more aggressive when it comes to game planning. And Anthony Lynn right now is certainly on the ropes for a Los Angeles Chargers team that is now reeling, trying to figure out if they can even be in that playoff bubble talk. Yes, it's been tough, um, you know, tough sledding for them. But, you know, if I was the fans, I understand, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, wanting to move forward offensively and wanting to keep their foot on the pedal. Uh, but you got to think of your position as a head coach. Um, you're working with a rookie quarterback. 
you know, a guy that's been having some success all year. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want him to get, uh, you know, Brett Farvish, I guess. And so you don't want him coming out the gate just slinging the ball all over the place uh, without, you know, with without regard for, for, for the consequence. And I think at the end of the day, Justin Herbert has looked great throughout the, the course of the year. But I think it's more of a uh, it's more of a, a building trust issue with Anthony Lynn, um, a guy that's kind of been there, proven his, his his way throughout the league, and has had an opportunity to work with a, a vast amount of of, of talent, um, especially you know coming from Philip Rivers to uh, Justin Herbert. I think at the end of the day, he's just trying to to build some trust with his quarterback. Well, I'll tell you another coach that I believe is on his way out, and it's going to be relatively soon. I expect, and that's Matt Patricia out of Detroit. He is a head coach that looks like his days are numbered in the Motor City, Jarrell. The Lions, they had some glimmer of hope after winning back-to-back games, but they have since reverted back to their old ways under Matt Patricia. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings 34-20 on Sunday, and it was among the lowest of lows for the Lions in the Matt Patricia era they were gashed for 275 rush yards overall, the worst day defending the run since 2009, allowing 8.1 yards per carry. So there's a lot to sort out there in Detroit, Jarrell. And, you know, Matt Patricia, he was hired to turn the Lions into a perennial contender because let's remember that they were already a potent team. They had three winning seasons in four years under Jim Caldwell. Of course, those winning seasons also didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. But nonetheless, they were at least a competent team before Matt Patricia took over. So it wasn't like he was taking on a Jets job where he had to completely overhaul the team and just acquire a bevy of talent. This is a team with Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones. They drafted you know, Kenny Galladay a couple of years ago. They've had some talent there in Detroit. So there's really no excuse for Matt Patricia being 12 27 and 1 as a head coach since taking over in 2018, Jarrell. So I do believe that Matt Patricia is likely going to be jobless before this season comes to a halt. Yeah, it just seems inevitable. Uh, but I think, you know, this is this is a proven uh, fact that the Patriot way is not always the best way. Um, the the Detroit Lions and, and their and their their ownership, they tried to overhaul with the Patriot way. Um, they brought in the GM. They brought in the head coach. They brought in the strength and strength and conditioning. Uh, they really wanted to mimic what they had out in New England, but unfortunately, they they missed the most important piece of the the puzzle, which is Bill Belichick. And so you can't mimic what goes on in New Orleans. I mean, uh, not New Orleans, but New England, without having the most important piece of the puzzle. And so I think you know we've all tried to we've all seen it before, and and uh, and having. Uh, guys leave New England and wanting to try another in other destinations. Uh, but I think realistically the, the Detroit Lions have to get somebody who speaks to them. I don't necessarily understand why they got rid of Jim Caldwell. Uh, but realistically for me, uh, the Detroit Lions have to find a way to uh, get some lively, uh, some guy in there that's going to rejuvenate this team. And, and, and they have to give it a new face. So Matt Patricia is definitely on his way out the door. And another thing to consider with Matt Patricia is he's ruffled some feathers with some of the top players in Detroit. You look at Darius Slay when he was traded to the Eagles and also Quandre Diggs who was traded to the Seattle Seahawks. Both of those guys have been very 
outward spoken about how they did not enjoy playing for Matt Patricia because of his brash style and the lack of respect he had for his players kind of uh, assuming himself to be you know uh, superior to everybody else in that organization and maybe he had a little bit of that air blown into his head when he was so successful in New England but you're right the big part of that success was Bill Belichick man and his uh, type of game planning and so when he goes off on his own and he tries to replicate that sort of culture it necessarily hasn't translated well and for sure hasn't created a winning environment in Detroit Matt Patricia is gonna be out of a job barring some unexpected uh, massive winning streak for the Lions but it certainly is disappointing for a franchise that just looks like it's wasting Matthew Stafford's you know, years as a quarterback because he is only continuing to get older as the years go on. Yeah, I don't understand why they haven't traded Matthew Stafford for some value. Um, I just believe at the end of the day, this guy has one of the best arms in the league. Uh, facing this guy twice a year, being a Green Bay Packer, uh, I mean, it was it, it, it didn't matter whether or not the pocket was collapsing around him or whether or not he had a wide open lane. He was He was fitting the ball in places. Uh, that only elite quarterbacks can do so. He's got one of the best sidearms in the in the game, uh, and realistically, the Detroit Lions. Um, I mean, it's it's gonna just they're gonna end up chalking Matthew Stafford up to the another to a great list of of great Hall of Fame type of uh, uh, players that ultimately did not have an opportunity to shine in the city of Detroit, and Detroit did not have an opportunity to repay them with any type of any type of winning season or even have an opportunity to continuously get into the playoffs on a regular basis. I've always been a fan of Matthew Stafford, and he's a competitor. He's always out there. He rarely misses a start. And so I hope that they can find and identify a head coach that can come in and at least provide some winning for a Lions organization where you know their fans for sure are tired of being mediocre and underwhelming. So that is a situation to watch in the Motor City. But we're now going to move into our game pick drill. We're uh, getting ready for week 10. It's going to be kicked off on Thursday night once again, and it's going to be an AFC South divisional match, Jarrell. And this is a critical game for that number one spot in the division, the Colts 5-3, and three, Titans 6-2. and two. We know Tennessee beat Chicago on Sunday. The Colts lost to the Ravens. So this is a big-time marquee matchup, and I'm excited to see how this one goes down. So when you look at both of these teams, Jarrell, we know Tennessee has been a potent squad. The Colts have also showed some promise under Frank Reich with Phillip Rivers being up and down. Who do you think is going to take this one? I'm going to roll with Tennessee in this one. Um, I think it's going to be a tightly contested game. Uh, I really have the Tennessee Titans finally uh, putting some things together to move closer towards the playoffs. They realize this, this division is up for grabs, but they also realize – that the Colts are shaky on on the offense, man. Phillip Rivers, I'm telling you, dog, his is his his arm is really looking baloney out there. It's really it's really uh it's really Oscar Meyer at the moment, and I'm just really uh, I, I think that the Tennessee Titans have an opportunity to really take over this division this weekend. I mean, this Thursday and make a huge statement and re- and le- and put themselves in contention um, in this very tough AFC. I'm going with the Titans as well. Right now, they were coming off a two-game losing streak entering Week 9. Of course, they got a big victory over the 
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bears and Mike Vrabel right now, I've always said it, he always will bring energy and juice with his team. Jadavian Clowney, we'll see about his status on Thursday night. We know he's dealing with a meniscus injury, but when all is said and done, Derrick Henry still resides in Tennessee, and he was bottled up pretty well against the Bears, and the Colts' defense is one of the best against the run, so that's a matchup to watch, but I still think Henry will break out when it matters most in the second half, and those receivers outside with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, they have been going off. Ryan Tannehill, I look for him to have another monster performance against Indianapolis. I'll take Tennessee to win a close game 27-24 to over the Colts. To be honest with you, man, I don't even think it's going to be that high. Uh, I think these are, great, these are great defenses we're talking about this year. Uh, both teams at the, the, within the top 10, and they're both having an opportunity to make a statement. Um, but I just think that the Colts' defense coming off facing the Baltimore Ravens, um, anytime you face a team like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, one of those tough uh, AFC opponents, uh, that next week is a little bit ginger when you're moving around some. So coming in on a Thursday versus the best back in the NFL and understanding that the Tennessee Titans, if all else fails, they're going to run the ball. Even if it's late in the game, they're going to run the ball. I really think that the Tennessee Titans have an opportunity to go in and um, and to really dominate this game. But I just think that it's going to be a closer game than what people give it credit for. I'm going to go in a, at a score of actually 21 to 17. All right, on we go to the first game on Sunday slate, NFC East. Clash, Eagles coming off that bye week, leading the division 3-4-1, taking on the New York Giants 2-7. They knocked off the Washington football team on Sunday. Jarrell, I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, this is a team that is rejuvenated, coming off that rest bye week. They're getting players healthy. Isaac Sayamalo, their starting left guard, the most recent guy to be designated off injured reserve. They're starting to to generate a little bit of that momentum defensively. They're making strides, and Brandon Graham's having a breakout season, the veteran, and it is going to be a close game because whenever these teams come together and they played earlier in Philadelphia and the Giants, I think they're an Evan Ingram catch away from closing out Philadelphia at the link, but I'm still going to stick with Philadelphia here. I like the emergence of Travis Fulgham on the outside. Jalen Rager is now back. Dallas Goddard is fully healthy. I'll take Philadelphia to beat the Giants 23-19. This is a game that I can see coming down to the wire. 
Yeah, I personally think it's going to come down to the wire so uh, as well. But I just like Doug Peterson, um, especially coming off a bye, uh, having an opportunity to really sit down with Carson Wentz, ask him what he wants, ask him what he likes um, offensively, um, having an opportunity to scout the Giants, uh, a team that is – uh, they have their highs and their lows as far as uh, as far as their performance this year um, is concerned. And I just really like what the Philadelphia Eagles are putting together. Uh, shout out to my guy, Brandon Graham. Um, he continues to put together a monster season. And, you know, when all else fails, man, these guys have always had their back against the wall and they've always found a way to pull through. Um, that tie in their back pocket actually might help them later on in the year. And so I'm going to roll with the, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles in this one, uh, 31 to 24. Jaguars at Packers. Jaguars 1-7. and seven. Jake Laton, the rookie six-round pick, made his debut, and he was pretty impressive against the Houston Texans. We'll see who they're going to go with because Gardner Minshew may be ready, but even Doug Marone was noncommittal about Minshew taking back his starting job. So we'll see, but it's not going to matter. They're playing the Packers. Green Bay will be playing at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers is on another level right now coming off that big game against San Francisco and Devontae Adams. He is making a strong case to be regarded the best receiver this year based on what he's been able to accomplish there with Aaron Rodgers. I think this is a landslide victory for Green Bay, Jarrell, 34-16 over the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Packers as well. I just think they're starting to gel uh, offensively. Um, I can't wait till they uh, designate Le- uh, Lazard to come back from uh, from IR and have an opportunity to get out there and mix and mingle with this explosive offense. I think he is really the last piece that these guys are missing. Um, their their offensive line, their running game is starting to mesh, uh, and obviously this defense has to continue to to put up uh, to put up good numbers and to shut out these guys. And so I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win thirty seven to ten. Washington football team 2 and 6 at those Detroit Lions we talked about Matt Patricia 3 and 5 this is going to be an ugly game. I feel like we're going to see quite a bit of sloppy football. But when it comes down to it, you know, Alex Smith is going to be the starter for the remainder of the season after Kyle Allen's devastating dislocated ankle that he suffered against the Giants. But when it comes to that quarterback play, Jarrell, I'm going to have to go with Matthew Stafford. I like him to get the job done. Even though Washington, they've shown some flashes this year. That defensive front, we know, is a tall task for any offense that goes against them. But Matthew Stafford, he'll bounce back. He'll get the victory. He'll put the team on his back as he always has. Detroit over Washington, 24-20. to Man, not so fast. I'm going to take the Washington football team. Alex Smith and these guys are going to have an opportunity to go into Detroit and really put on a monstrous game. Um, I really like Alex Smith and what he's able to do, the inspirational uh, return story. And and I just like this defense line, man. Anytime you got a good defense line, a good defense pass rushing, you're always, you always have an opportunity to win. And so we know that the, uh, that the Detroit Lions are going to throw the ball a lot. Um, and so they're going to have opportunities to really get uh, really get their hands on Matthew Stafford. So I'm going to go with the, the Washington football team, 24 to 18. All right, Jarrell rolling with the not-so-fast Lee Corso moment right there. Yes, sir. <laughs> Washington football team. Okay, we'll see how that unfolds. I think it's going to be a close game either way. 
Texans, 2-6. Cleveland Browns, 5-3. Now Baker Mayfield is still on the COVID-19 reserve list. He's expected to be activated, you know, unless something drastic happens where he ends up testing positive. So they're expecting to have Baker Mayfield on the field on Sunday coming off that bye week. And guess what, Jarrell? Another big piece is likely to be back for Cleveland. Nick Chubb will be activated off the injured reserve, joining Kareem Hunt in that deadly backfield I know Houston, they're coming off that victory. They're still looking pretty well on offense. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, those guys are starting to mesh pretty well, but it's not going to be enough. Miles Garrett is going to be fully healthy. Cleveland, I will take them to win 38-27 off a dominant ground attack because that Houston defense has been atrocious in both the pass and against the run. Yeah, I, I, I think Cleveland gets themselves established this week. Um, especially against the run. Uh, I think they're going to have an opportunity to, to dominate with their running backs, Kareem Hunt, and obviously Nick Chubb getting activated. Uh, and so I'm excited to see what these guys uh, have, have a, what these guys come to the table with. And, uh, and realistically for me, it's, it's, it's always in the end, it's going to be about how well Baker Mayfield plays. Um, obviously the statistics work in his favor when OBJ is not on the field. I don't necessarily believe in that crap, but I think that, uh, you know, he has an opportunity to really make a statement uh, moving forward with all the weapons at his, at his disposal. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I say a late field goal uh, by Cleveland, 37-34. to 34. Bucks, Panthers, Bucks 6-3, Panthers 3-6. Both are coming off losses from Week 9, Jarrell. This is a game that I think Carolina has a real shot to win in a close game, although... I'm still going to pick the Buccaneers because I'm not going to hop off that train so quickly. I think they're still going to get the W, 30-26. to 26, But I will say I've been very impressed with how this Carolina team has battled every single week under Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater. It's so cool to see that guy starting again after all that background where he suffered that serious knee injury. And it's, a, it's, it's incredible, man. He's another one of those guys that's had a great comeback story. And that offense with Joe Brady, I mean, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, we'll see about him. He suffered a shoulder injury, so he may not be clear to play in this one. But just keep an eye on Carolina is all I'm going to say. But I'll still, I'll still take Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to pull this one out and bounce back after that ugly loss to the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Tom, bro. I'm going to roll with, with Bruce Arians getting these guys on track. Uh, I think Mike Evans is going to be upset by not having uh, receptions last week. Offensively, these guys are going to find themselves to get going. Uh, and I just think that they can't fall. They can't fall to one and three in this division. They're already one and two already. And uh, they, their first win coming against Carolina. Uh, but falling to one and three in this division will be a very tough uh, slate for these guys moving forward. Because uh, ultimately, they they will put themselves in a, in a, in a position where they're battling with teams coming down the stretch that wouldn't even have an opportunity at the playoffs uh, with them uh, getting behind in their division. Now we get a big-time showdown between two of the top rookie quarterbacks, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, Chargers at the Dolphins. Jarrell, who do you like here? I like the Dolphins. I like this defense. Uh, Shaq Lawson, these guys being able to, to be able to be dominant on the edge. I think it's going to be a tightly contested game. Um, the Anthony Lynn and these guys are going to be putting up points, but I just think it's Brian Flores and this defense that finds ways to get, uh, to get turnovers off Justin Herbert and keeps, and keeps their offense in the game. 
Uh, so I'm going to go with a tight, tightly contested game, game-winning field goal, 27 to 25. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Okay, yeah. I can't wait to see the matchups on the outside as well. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen going against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. That's going to be something to get some popcorn and watch on a Sunday afternoon. I, too, am going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Right now, they are playing at a high level. They're rolling on that win streak. They're having success. Miami, their fan base, they are on cloud nine, seeing what Tua is starting to develop into. And, of course, most importantly, defensively, they are playing lights out, generating turnovers. And I'm sure that the Dolphins' defense, they're licking their chops, knowing that they have a rookie coming to town. And they're going to force him into some turnovers. And I think that will be the difference in another solid performance from Tua I think Miami gets the job done by 11, 31 to 20 over the Chargers. On we go, Jarrell, to the next matchup. Broncos at Raiders. Denver, you know, this is in a sense a must win for them if they want to stay in that playoff hunt. Uh, They're coming off a loss to the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders, meanwhile, picked up another win against those Chargers. So who are you going to pick here? I'm excited, man, for the Raiders. Uh, These guys uh, defensively look good. Offensively, Derek Carr is finding his rhythm, and I just like the Raiders in this one in a tightly contested game, uh, 31 to 28. I'm rolling with the Vegas Raiders as well, 26-21 over the Broncos. That run game with Josh Jacobs continues to be a theme for John Gruden. They go out, they play hard every single week. You can never question their work ethic as a team. So I like Vegas to improve to 6-3 and three in that matchup. Bill, 7-2 at the Cardinals, 5-3. and three. This is a matchup that I struggle to choose a winner because right now you know the Cardinals are in desperation mode because they're sinking in that NFC West. They need a win bad after that loss to the Miami Dolphins. So I think desperation will reek here. I think they're going to knock off the Bills, even though it's going to be a tough game. Josh Allen continues to play at a really effective level. He threw for 415 yards and three touchdowns against Seattle's bad secondary. But Arizona, I think they're going to figure out a way and Kyler Murray on another large, important performance will get them over the hump. Cardinals by a field goal, 34-31. And not so fast, bro. I'm rolling with the Bills in this one. I think their defense is going to find a way to put it together. I like their secondary. Um, I like the way that they match up against uh, uh, D-Hop and, 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 and Fitz out there. Um, and, I, and personally for me, it's going to be John Brown on the other side. I think Kyle Allen is going gonna, is gonna to really, really be able to put the ball out there. Um, and stretch the field versus this defense. I mean, versus, yeah, versus this defense. And 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 for me, um, Sean McDermott's going to find a way to to eliminate what Kyle what Kyle Murray brings to the game. Um, he, it's, he's he's going to he's going to have to pick his poison. He's either going to let him throw for 400 yards, or he's going to give up over 150 yards rushing. But I think he's I don't think he's going to do both. And and good defensive uh, good defensive coaches like McDermott find ways to eliminate uh, playmakers like that. And I just think that the Bills are going to have an opportunity to go out west and really get a, a, a substantial win. All right, next game here. Bengals 2-5-1 at the Steelers 8-0, still unbeaten. We know the news came this morning. Big Ben, along with three others, are on the COVID list. They're expected to be cleared in time to play, so that shouldn't be a factor. 
I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win here again, but it will be a little bit closer because this Bengals team, they're coming off that restful bye. Joe Burrow is playing exceptionally well, and I think he's going to stay close to those Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. It won't be enough, though. Pittsburgh's defense will overcome any adversity they face, and uh, I like Pittsburgh to take this game 28-20. to no, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I don't necessarily matter who they have at quarterback. Um, you know, going all the way back to Charlie Batch, their backup quarterback has always performed well. Um, that just goes to show uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers formula and how well they prepare quarterbacks. So it doesn't necessarily matter whether or not Big Ben is in the lineup or, uh, or a backup quarterback. I think this defense is going to perform at a high level. Uh, and I think their offense is still gonna uh, is still gonna find ways to score. So I'm gonna roll with the Steelers as well, uh, 29 to 17. 49ers at Saints. We know San Francisco is decimated with injuries. They're four and five. The Saints coming off a massive divisional victory. I don't think this is even going to be a close matchup drill. This is going to be a game, I think, where Drew Brees comes out and lights it up against that San Fran defense that is lacking so many of their top players. Maybe they get Richard Sherman back. We'll see. But I like New Orleans 31-14 over San Francisco and another dominant game from that New Orleans offense and that defense as well. I look for them to get after Nick Mullins. I'm going to roll with the with the Saints as well. I think that they found their niche, man. Getting that big-time win against Tom Brady uh, does nothing but juice the locker room. Um, winning helps solve all relationships within the organization. So I'm, th- I'm telling you, these guys are going to be moving forward with a full head of steam, and these guys are going to be looking to dominate. Um, then you also have Quan Alexander, who's going to know uh, a plethora of what the, the San Francisco 49ers want to do offensively, their calls, their adjustments. And so I just look for the Saints to really dominate these guys, uh, and I'm going to give them 34 to 13. Now we're looking at another headline matchup, Jarrell, and this is in the NFC West, the game that could have implications for seeding in that division, the Seahawks and the Rams. The Rams are another team that had that bye week, and they had another week to prepare for Russell Wilson. They're at home at their brand-new stadium facing... Russell Wilson, who's been regarded as an MVP candidate all year long. I really went back and forth picking this game, but I'm actually going to go with the underdog here. I'm going to go with the Rams. I like their chances coming off Sean McVay. I trust him. You know, I'm always trusting Sean McVay as a coach. I think that offense is going to get going here. Jared Goff, Robert Woods, and then what they're getting out of the backfield with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Cam Akers has had some limited roles in that backfield, but defensively they have Aaron Donald, and they have had success against Russell Wilson when they played them at home. So I think that's the difference. Jalen Ramsey on the outside going against DK Metcalf. That is going to be something to watch because you know Ramsey will travel with the opposing team's number one wideout. But this offense will get the job done in a shootout. 38-34, I'm taking the Rams over the Hawks. I'm going to roll with the Rams as well. I just think that defensively they stack up better than the Seahawks defense. I think they have a more opportunity to create more turnovers and more plays. Um, than the Seahawks defense. Uh, they they struggled last week in Buffalo. Josh Allen bombed them left and right. And I just think that Sean McVay, being the smart coach he is, is going to have an opportunity to really take advantage, look at the tape, and find ways to expose the Seahawks defense. So I'm going to roll in a, in, a, in a close one as well, but I'm going to roll 42-37 to 37 in favor of the Rams. 
Two more games here in Week 10 as we close out today's show. Ravens at the Patriots. Sunday night football. The Patriots winning by a field goal over the Jets last night, Jarrell. And uh, I think it's safe to say that this New England team, they are strides behind where they were when Tom Brady was in Foxborough. So, you know, they're in a rebuilding year. The Ravens, I'm going to go with them. 30-17. to 17. I think this is going to be a pretty lopsided game for the most part. Although you never can uh, count out Bill Belichick because he always tends to scheme well against the top teams in the NFL. But the Ravens have too much firepower. Lamar Jackson and defensively, they should be getting Marlon Humphrey off the COVID-19 list. So that's just going to be more positive news for a Baltimore team that uh, is rolling and, and headed in the right direction. So I like Baltimore here. I too like Baltimore in this one. I just think that, you know, the, man, New England really – Really looks bad. Um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, they can't throw the ball down the field. Defensively, they were giving up passes left and right. Joe Flacco looked like old Joe. And, I mean, he just was throwing the ball all over the place. So, I'm going to roll with the Baltimore Ravens in this one in a score of 29-17. to 17. I just think they're going to dominate. I just don't like Cam Newton's chances to throw the ball down the field. The final matchup of Week 10, Monday Night Football. This is in the NFC North. Vikings 3-5, Bears 5-4. Another uh, tight game to call, Jarrell. Who are you going to take here? Um, I just like the Vikings and what these guys have been able to do over the last couple weeks. Um, You know, Dalvin Cook uh, offensively has turned into a nightmare for this team. And I just think that defensively they're finding ways to get to the passer. Um, without having all of their per, per, uh, perennial pass rushers in the lineup. And uh, Mike Zimmer's found a way to be effective defensively. So I'm just going to roll with Dalvin Cook and the, and the, and the Vikings. I'm going to roll with these guys until they prove me otherwise. Uh, but I just think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to give it a score of 27 to 24, uh, a late game field goal in the city of Chicago. Yeah, I'm taking the Vikings as well. Dalvin Cook, he has 478 yards from scrimmage and six touchdowns in wins over the Packers and Lions the last two weeks. He's going to make it another monster game to close out that divisional stretch of games. Minnesota, they're starting to find that identity on offense defensively. They're young as well at the corner position, but Eric Kendricks continues to lead that unit. And just the Bears, man, their offense, you can't trust it. You don't know what it's going to look like on a week-to-week basis. I like Nick Foles, but they just don't have enough ammo or creativity with those calls coming in from Matt Nagy. So I'll take Minnesota to knock off the Bears on Monday night. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Pro Football Chase podcast as we get ready for a brand new week of NFL football starting on Thursday night. So it's right around the corner. I look forward to watching some good matchups, Jarrell. So again, man, thanks for taking the time to join the show today and uh, have a blessed afternoon. Bro, I appreciate you always giving me an opportunity to, to speak and talk football. And uh, we'll get to some fan questions next week because we love to hear uh, from the guys on the outside and, uh, and just continue to support the podcast, man. We appreciate it. All right, brother. Well, take care, man. Be safe as always. And uh, let's enjoy some good football this weekend. Yes, sir. Take care, bro. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.